0: You are now listening to the Socks and Sandals Podcast. Yeah. What up, what up? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals Podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. This Shagai Emmanuel. I'm back in the kitchen, I'm whipping it up. And today's episode is brought to you by me, Emmanuel Williams. I have a coaching program that will be going live this spring. And I'm gonna share with you a snippet, maybe the first five to 7% (laughs) of the system, uh, one of the systems that I have created. And so the coaching program essentially is designed to create the universal black man my goal is to create the type of man where or type of person black person that you can place this person anywhere on God's green earth and they will triple their worth as the great philosopher Sean Carter once said you know and so um, but for us to be to be able to manifest and to be to be able to create universal wealth I realized there was a lot of work that goes into you into me into us before we even get to that state of manifestation, simply because in the known universe, on this globe, on this planet, we live in a system of white supremacy. Um, and that's that's my premise. And that's the premise of the system, um, this present system I'm going to talk about. So there, there's going to be three systems that I coach towards. The first one is know your enemy. The second one is know yourself. And the third one is creating universal wealth. So the creating universal wealth, um, being that fearless entrepreneur, that's able to boldly maneuver through white supremacy, um, and create wealth, you know, that, that person, once again, there's a lot of, we have to cultivate who you are, a true sense of identity. And so, um, and actually that stage will come later in my coaching uh, i'm going to hone in on coaching towards identity that part of life coaching and so um know your enemy know yourself create wealth and uh so i, I want to share with you guys just the, the beginning stages of knowing your enemy the, be, the beginning stages of this system and so uh know your enemy This system is designed for those who recognize they need reliable means of cultivating a healthy and correct personal identity. This is designed for um, black slash African slash African American, West Indian, Afro Latino, uh, native and or indigenous persons that feel like they have been and or are presently victims of racism, white supremacy. I strongly believe that no person in this world is who they should be due to the presence of global white supremacy as it pertains to those that are classified as black or African-American in the United States. We struggle with our identity in many ways due to the nature of our relationship to the Europeans because of the transatlantic slave trade and or the reclassification of indigenous folks as black during colonization. And so when i say uh not only the slave trade but the reclassification of indigenous folks as black during slavery and during colonization you know when christopher columbus and others arrived in these so-called americas the people that they came in contact with were described as copper colored and or black skinned and so these west indian people um they were, people have been, we have been selling. Africans have been sailing all over the world hundreds of years in advance of Europeans finally, you know, creating boats and c- catching on to technology and whatnot. So um, Africans have successfully sailed all over the world, all over the so called Americas, created societies, lived, cohabitated with, lived harmoniously with the so called natives or indigenous people. Uh, so-called Indians and so when Christopher Columbus and others arrived here in the 1400s they came in contact with a mix of Africans and so-called natives or indigenous people so that so therefore when it comes to that definition of indigenous people the Africans were indigenous as well there are paintings there are German paintings from the 1500s that show um, tribes of people seminal Tri- the, the Seminole tribe in Florida, they showed the Seminole tribe and and they describe, you know, Africans leading the, the tribes. And they, you know, and you can you can tell there is a difference. There is like there's a mix of African looking people and there's a mix of what we now recognize as native looking people. But there were folks from all the way down from Florida, all the way up to Massachusetts, New York, that were. Folks of African ancestry, but they were there before Columbus and all of them. So therefore, you can also call them indigenous. You understand? And so um, I ain't mean, to go on too much of a tangent with that, but that's the explanation for that part of the statement. And so moving forward uh, with the system uh, in our education system, most of what we have been taught about our history and our identity has been carefully crafted and curated by our enemy whether we would like to admit it or not we have we have been directly and indirectly affected in many ways this system that i've created is designed to help equip us with knowledge that will help us understand what white supremacy is how it came to be how it works and how it persistently or presently shapes and persistently shapes our identity once we take inventory of how we've been shaped and molded by this system we can then take steps to rid ourselves of that psychological poison. After we rid ourselves of the poison, we have a clean slate to build a healthy and correct identity. Now. One, my question, you know, why would you teach about knowing your enemy before you know yourself? And and if I haven't made it clear enough in, in those first two paragraphs, is that um. I'm of the assumption that once again, we are not who we're supposed to be because of white supremacy. And so because white supremacy has helped to create and shape our culture, which has helped to create and shape our personality. You know, it's it has played a factor in in who we are right now and, and how we think and how we operate. And so we have to know who it is that shaped us and why they did it and how they did it. And then we have to understand, all right, some of these things that I'm doing. I, I wouldn't be doing if white supremacy didn't exist, if if I be honest, I wouldn't talk a certain way. I wouldn't act a certain way. I wouldn't code switch. I wouldn't. You know, there are certain things that we just otherwise wouldn't do. I wouldn't even dress a certain way if I didn't have to feel like I have to conform, if I didn't feel like I needed to assimilate to be successful, you know, and so. A quote that's really foundational uh, to my philosophy with this with this system and creating a system is from uh, the art of war by Sun Tzu. Uh, He says, if you know your enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a 100 battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither enemy nor yourself. You will succumb in every battle. And then the next foundational quote comes from Nilly Fuller Jr. He is the author of the United Independent Compensatory Code System concept. And it's the best thing I've come across as it as pertains to explaining what white supremacy is, how it works and how we can counteract it. And. The statement that he leads his book off with is that if you don't know if you don't understand white supremacy, what it is and how it works. Everything else that you understand will only confuse you. All right. Once again, if you don't understand white supremacy, what it is and how it works. Everything else that you understand that you think you understand will only confuse you. All right. And so. How do we how do I unpack that statement right there? Um, we got to understand that racism is not something that's natural. It's all made up. It's all configured. And it's all configured from a, a sense of lack, a sense of inferiority, which breeds false superiority. And so the premises and the conclusions that come out of that come out of racism are all false are all incorrect but they've just been created and manufactured and enforced and reinforced and folks have been subjugated and exploited and or or and also exterminated if they haven't fallen under the you know the the psychological enforcement of this backward system that we call racism and white supremacy so let's let's just get into it what is white supremacy white supremacy is racism all right we must establish that so we know that these terms are interchangeable and will be used interchangeably so if you hear me say racism i'm talking about white supremacy if you hear me say white supremacy i'm talking about racism it's the same thing all right racism and or white supremacy is systematic prejudice antagonism and discrimination directed at non-white people okay once again white supremacy is systematic prejudice antagonism and discrimination directed at non-white people the key word is systematic all right it plays out in all nine er areas of people activity which are economics education entertainment labor law politics religion sex war our economic system the United States pretty much is the epicenter of the world's economic system if our market crashes the whole world markets crashes and that's by design everything is predicated on us alright corporate America politics or well, just economics, Corpor- corporate America and you know the stock exchange, all that type of stuff, NASDAQ stock trade, all the Lehman Brothers Lynch, all those guys, big banks World Bank controlled by white people our education system by and large controlled by white people, even the HBCUs most of them are government funded, which means our HBCUs are controlled by white people um entertainment i guess the entertainment system the primary entertainment system and hub would be you know the television networks and hollywood those are primarily controlled by white people outside of tyler perry (laughs) everything else is controlled by a white person labor just the workforce which kind of is tied into economics controlled Uh, Corporate America is controlled by mainly white and or European people. Law, our justice system, the laws that are created in America, uh, the laws that are created and enforced even through the UN, primarily white and or European influence and creation. Politics, our political system let's just let's let's just speak in america for the most part but that also goes to the un as well white people religion you know the vatican um catholicism christianity uh muslim not not so much but still there's there's participation um but let's take an america Christianity, catholicism white all right There is no. Black led, black run, black established seminary anywhere in America. And if there is. It's one of a thousand (laughs) because I haven't come across any black seminaries, Um, sex, whatever, whatever rules there are for sex, whatever norms that are being shaped and changed um that will be because of white folks and what they want and what they approve not what any non-white people want to be approved and want to be normalized okay and war i mean it's present day most of the wars are being started shoot by america by the united states and you look at the white house Regardless if there's one black person, one black family in there, it don't matter. It's still the same agenda that's going on. You look at the judicial system or the Supreme Court, look at Congress, House of Representatives, all that, you know, so all white. So, boom, there you have it. All nine areas of, of activity. White supremacy. All right. The goal of white supremacy, according to Neely Fuller, Jr., the goal of white supremacy is none other than the establishment, maintenance, expansion and refinement of world domination by members of a group that that classifies itself as the white race. So once again, the goal of white supremacy. The goal of the system of white supremacy is none other than the establishment, maintenance, expansion and refinement of world domination by members of a group that classify themselves as the white race. So many would ask, you know, why do you think this is the case? Now, this part, this is always something that's going to be up for debate. Why? Why is white supremacy here? Why does it exist? Why do you think it exists? Even me calling it white supremacy, that I mean, that's just. Me and a lot of other people, we just agree that that's the system or that's that's the case in this world. There are many people that say that there is no such thing as white supremacy, that racism is dead, that white supremacy is dead. And so I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to debate that. I'm just saying I identify that to be the case. And this and this course is for those who identify that to be the case and want to learn how to maneuver in and around it in a more constructive, efficient manner. All right. And so as we study and live our lives, we will learn from others and from our own experiences and we draw conclusions as we see fit. So in, in my mind, I don't think that anyone has the answer for white supremacy as far as like how to overcome it because it has not been overcome. And so anything that I say, anything that I present is all a suggestion and it's never some law or like we have all the answers i have all the answers nobody is totally right nobody is totally wrong but we're all trying to get this get this thing figured out and we're all working together hopefully we're, we're working together um so let's let's move in that direction let's think of it in that way this is not me saying i have all the answers this is 100 100 right but this is me taking some of the some of the best knowledge that i've come across. And sharing it with you and trying to use it in a constructive manner as constructive as possible, all right. So, in the early 1980s, there is a psychiatrist by the name of Frances Cress Welsing that dedicated much of her life to not simply just pointing out that racism exists, but she decided to dig deep into the subconscious of the Western Europeans that insatiably subjugate, exploit, and exterminate non white people. All over the globe, they do this even when there is no apparent reason for conflict. And it's, it's one thing that I say, I try to tell people: is like, look, you don't have to be an enemy of to to a white person or to a white supremacist to be an enemy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to declare a war. You don't have to take anything. Your presence will will invoke anger will invoke conflict the fact that you have resources will invoke anger and and invoke conflict from a suspected white supremacist like a lot of the places where you know these europeans went the europeans just went and found resources and they and they seen that there were people in their way <laughs> and they but they was like hey we gonna wage war we're gonna take over these people didn't do nothing to them but they showed up and they was like oh you got oil oh oh hold on you got what is that sugar mmm I want that yeah yeah I need that come up off the oh you got gold Oh, okay yeah nah that's that's about to be mine nope we going to war bro yeah you know and so that's that's the mentality There's this conquest mentality. And it's apparent to anyone willing to take history into account. And so. Dr. Welsing theorized that there is a high level of inferiority that drives those who classify themselves as white. So once again, we're going back to, you know, why do we think this is the case? Why? Why does white supremacy exist beyond the acts that have been carried out that we know about from history? What's the impetus? What's the you know, what's leading them to to act this way? And so that leads us to the crest color of confrontation. I'm sorry, the crest theory of color confrontation and racism. So this is. Francis Cress Welsing's theory of why white supremacy has existed and why it continues to move the way that it does. So the white or color deficient Europeans responded psychologically with a profound sense of numerical inadequacy and color inferiority in their confrontations with the major with the majority of the world's people, all of whom possess varying degrees of color producing capacity. Now, let me pause there. So what, one thing that we have to realize is that, and this is a fact, this is just genetics. It's normal to have melanin in your skin. It is abnormal to not have melanin in your skin. Those that don't have melanin in their skin, they have no melanin, they have no color-producing capacity, which are which are will be called white people, uh, which mostly reside in Europe or came from Europe. That is a genetic recessive trait. It is an abnormality. It is a mutation from normal genetic code. This is a fact. This is not anything derogatory. That's just real. So let's keep that in mind. So, let's see. This psychological response, whether conscious or unconscious, revealed an inadequacy based on the most obvious fundamental part of their being, their external appearance. As might be anticipated in terms of modern psychological theories, whites defensively developed an uncontrollable sense of hostility and aggression. This attitude has continued to manifest, manifest itself throughout history um, of mass confrontations between whites and people of color. This perplexing psychological reaction of whites has been directed towards all peoples with the capacity to produce melanin. However, the most profound aggressions have been directed towards black people, those who have the greatest color potential and therefore are the most envied and most feared in genetic color competition. The experience of numerical inadequacy. And genetic color inferiority led whites to implement a number of interesting, although devastating, psychological defense mechanisms. The initial psychological maneuver was the repression of the initial painful awareness of inadequacy. This primary ego defense was reinforced by a host of other defense mechanisms. So once again, Francis Cress Wilson is a Ph.D. Psychiatrist. She's really getting into the psychiatrist, psychiatrist bag right now. All right. So one of the most important of these defense mechanisms was and this is a psychological psychiatry term. The most one of the most important defense mechanisms was reaction formation, which is a response that converts at the psychological level, something desired and envied, but wholly unattainable into something discredited and despised. The whites desiring to have skin color, but unable to attain it claimed once again, consciously or unconsciously, that skin color was disgusting to them and began attributing negative. Excuse me. The whites desiring to have skin color but unable to attain it claimed consciously or unconsciously that skin color was disgusting to them and began attributing negative qualities to color, especially blackness and what do we know about the ways that they attributed negative connotations with color i mean you can look it up right now today it's still the case they they did it back then and it's still the case now if anybody remembers like the the autobiography of malcolm x or if you watched the movie you know there was a scene in the movie where malcolm was he was in prison and he was talking to the uh the chaplain the chaplain was you know teaching him about jesus but then martin or malcolm uh he challenged him about jesus and you know asking him why is he white when his feet is brass and he had you know hair of wool all those things all those attributes in the bible that would um, would basically tell you that jesus was not no blonde hair blue-eyed european man and so um and then he went on to other describe other things that were white and they were Claim to be good and that were dark or black and claim to be bad things of that nature and he's done that in, in many speeches as well so let's let's get into some definitions of black according to the primary dictionary used merriam-webster and then i'll go into some other definitions from other dictionaries but according to merriam the merriam-webster version of the dictionary uh the definition of black of or relating to any various population groups having dark pigmentation of the skin dirty soiled characterized by the absence of light thoroughly sinister or evil wicked indicative of condemnation or discredit connected with or invoking the supernatural and especially the devil That's why they call it black magic. Very sad, gloomy or calamitous, characterized by hostility or angry discontent, distorted or darkened by anger. So that's the Webster's Dictionary. Um, Some other definitions in other dictionaries. Uh, Let's see of the darkest color owing to the absence of or complete absorption of light, the opposite of white, deeply stained with dirt. Of any human group having dark colored skin, especially of African or Australian Aboriginal ancestry Um, now pertaining to a period of time or situation characterized by tragic or disastrous events causing despair or pessimism of a person's state of mind full of gloomy or I'm sorry, full of gloom or misery, very depressed pertaining to humor presenting tragic or harrowing situations. Um, full of anger or hatred, full of anger or hatred that's the definition of black. All right, now let's get into some synonyms from Webster. Dark, dusky, blackish of all things. that's kind of crazy. Uh, brunette, ebony, depressing, uh depressive, dire, desolate, dismal, gloomy, glum, lonely, lonesome, godforsaken, miserable, morbid sullen, wretched, pessimistic, hopeless, colorless, colorless, really Webster. All right. Um, some other synonyms from a different dictionary, um, dark, dingy, gloomy, murky, dire, tragic, catastrophic, cataclysmic, wretched, disastrous, devastating, woeful, fatal, fatal, I'm sorry, fateful, fatal, awful. Miserable, dire, lamentable, unhappy, sick, morbid, sadistic, perverted, cruel, resentful, vexed, indignant, filthy, furious, outraged, evil, malicious, malignant, venomous, hate filled, vindictive, maleficent. That's a movie. That's a Disney movie. That's wild. All right. So, yeah, so that's the present day definitions and synonyms for black. All negative low vibrational terrible descriptions of a color but not only a color it's of a people and that digs into once again it kind of proves the crest theory of color confrontation and racism which was written by Francis Kress Welsing well back in the 80s um, and once again the theory is coming from Francis Crest, who has a PhD and psychiatry so i like to put this theory into rotation just because it brings an angle that you know you would otherwise not hear repeated anywhere else in academia because they definitely don't want to hear us talk like that about them um so that like once again that's just a fraction of the know your enemy system um i just wanted to give you guys a taste and so just know that when this thing comes out man i'm I'm so excited i'm I'm working every day every day i'm working hard putting this thing together and organizing it and making it as powerful as possible and so when this releases in may i mean what this is what this is going to do for us as a people i mean what it's done for me what it's been doing for me i mean this is basically a culmination of everything that i've been studying for the past three years and um everything that's been produced in my life and just taking i I didn't know that i knew all this stuff i didn't realize how much i had absorbed until i actually sat down Was like man what if i just started writing out all my ideas and just taking everything that i learned and packaged it to really help people because just talking and riffing and you know every week just going in on certain cultural things that's cool but if i can't give you something that you can take with you and systematically like i have to systematically we have to systematically do things like we just can't keep freestyling (laughs) you know like we we freestyle so much just because we're so great and we're so amazing but eventually you're gonna have to write your rhymes well for some people and eventually you're gonna have to write your business plan and eventually you know things have to be put in writing so that it can be spread and built upon and improved upon over time and so that's what i that's what i hope to do uh, in offering this course and offering these systems and so um one of the things that i need for anyone to know that that will be moving forward and and taking this course and going through these systems is that You have to know how to use this information and why you're even attaining this information and honestly like once once i once i put it out there and once i give it to you guys and once once you go through it you're going to use it as you as you see fit but what my what my primary suggestion is is that this know your enemy system should be used as a defensive strategy like if we're taking this into the realm of sports like this is this is defense okay this is foundational and this is defense only you know a lot of times we learn i'll I'll speak for myself so when i was initially learning this and anybody that's been on the journey with me through this podcast um when i really started to learn this like two years ago uh and, and start to regurgitate it what I noticed myself doing and I and I see it happen all over the place Um, I was taking the information and I was using it as a weapon you know I was trying to cut trying to slice trying to get down to the bottom of everything I was trying to point it out you know I was trying to have these conversations and almost like persuade people especially non-black people and that's that's the last thing you want to do i'll just tell y'all from experience man this information is not to be used to try to call out racism to somebody who is a suspected racist a suspected white supremacist this ain't it this information is not for that okay this is purely for you to use as defense Because what happens when you start trying to call out a racist or point stuff out or persuade someone to stop being racist, especially if it's like unsolicited or they just don't acknowledge it, that they are racist. You end up spending way too much energy that could otherwise have been used to construct a better life period. But no you've used all this energy and you've used your emotional your your emotional bank for the day and you've like withdrawn way too much Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you could have been using that to create wealth to create a better life for yourself and for your family to create a better community for your people but no we over here trying to appeal to certain people that will never change and it's not our job to change them our job is is to change ourselves and become the best that we can be and create opportunities for our families and create generational wealth that's our job we know we we take this information we absorb it and we make sure that we utilize it when necessary all in a defensive manner we're not trying to start arguments and fights we're not trying to prove points we're not trying to win debates we're literally taking this information and creating a better self i'm gonna be my best self because i know how this system works i know how it has affected me and it's no longer going to negatively affect me because I know this system, I can all all I'm going to do now is be able to use take that energy and harness it and redirect it for my benefit. That's it. You learn about white supremacy, you learn how it works, you learn the profile of a, you know, suspected white supremacist, and now you know how to deal with that person. Now you know how to talk to that person. Now you know that you're not going to divulge personal information. Now you know how to engage. Now you understand that this thing that we call life, this is like a big game. This is like a big game of chess. And when you're playing chess, or really when you're in any type of competition, is it is not required that you have to hate your opponent to beat your opponent. Right? I don't have to hate you to win, to, to beat you in chess. I don't have to. The moves that the other person on the other side of the, that chessboard makes is not necessarily rooted in hate. They're just trying to win. This is self-preservation. Now, is that the way you wanna move? Now, beyond beyond chess, like in the, in the role, in the realm of humanity, do we want to move like the white supremacists, the way that they've colonized the world and control the world and dominated the world in this way and treated other people and treated nature? Is that how you want to move? If you be honest, you really don't want to move that way. But sometimes we start moving that way just because that's the only way that we've seen and we feel like we have to fight fire with fire. And if that's you know, if that's your if that's your conclusion, if that's your revelation, then do what you do. But what i would what i would suggest is do things in a more correct manner take this information of knowing your enemy and use it purely for defense don't focus on it learn it absorb it but don't focus too much on it and overwhelm yourself to the fact that you're always trying to call out racism when you see it don't call it out just recognize it recognize it and move accordingly all right so with all that being said man uh, if you have any questions, you have any comments, man, hit me on Twitter at sxsndls or search Socks and Sandals Podcast. Hit me on Instagram, uh, Socks and Sandals Podcast, and uh, stay tuned, man. I Just want to give you all a little, little snippet, a little glimpse of what into what I've been working on. And so, um, what's that? today is February twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Black History Month is coming to a close. Um, But don't let our focus on who we are and our heritage and our people come to a close. All right. Let's not let's not play that game. All right. So once again, it's the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Holla at y'all next week. Grace and peace.